episode 192 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest on anarchist activities, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. If you have an editorial you'd like to read or have us read for you, let us know by emailing it to us at podcast at anarchistnews.org. Introducing a new segment this week called You Mad Bro? For reasons unknown. You'll, you'll understand when we get there. What's new this week? Interview with anarchist Vlad M. after 30 days of arrest from promen.io. Vlad spent 30 days in prison for being an active anarchist in Belarus, as far as I can tell. He's now out, and this chat with Promen confirms information from an interview with a different Belarusian anarchist from last week. Cops are picking anarchists off the street after protests, not during. Lukashenko's days as president are probably numbered. And there's a bunch of quotidian information about getting arrested, being on a hunger strike, etc. in that place at this time. Here he explains his hunger strike. Quote, Being in detention, when you are constantly detained, you are tried in a closed regime with a lot of procedural violations. When a pig testifies, looking you in the eye, and the judge easily makes a decision with absolutely no evidence against you, it is difficult to do nothing. I found myself in a situation where Gubopik had full control over my life, So I had only one tool left in my arsenal to influence it. Therefore, as soon as the judge finished reading the sentence, I immediately declared that I was on hunger strike in protest against the unfair verdict of the court and in connection with political persecution. Thus, it gave me back the feeling that I could influence my life and death to some extent, even while in detention. The jailers responded to this first with complete disregard, then with petty packets like sending a parcel that came back to me to the addressee or refusing to accept letters for sending. Once there were also threats of forced feeding. The neighbors treated me with respect and support, for which I am very grateful. They constantly watched my physical condition, even the neighboring cells asking me every morning how I was feeling. Unquote. Call for artwork submissions. Anarchist circles are beautiful. From Cindy Milstein.wordpress.corporate.com. Cindy wants to put out a book with your art and her words. What could go wrong? Alexander Solzhenitsyn on Anarchists, from Industrial Workers by Raymond S. Solomon, a short write-up of Solzhenitsyn's most famous book from the partisan perspective of an anarchist. This basically says that Solzhi gave credit to the anarchists and the social revolutionaries. It's very short, and again, not a review in any way. Quote, Solzhenitsyn said, in the summer of 1918 and in April and October of 1919, they jailed anarchists right and left. In 1919, they arrested all the members of the SR Central Committee they could catch and kept them imprisoned in the Butyrki up to the time of their trial in 1922. What was the crime of these dedicated and sacrificing revolutionaries? Anarchists, SRs, and other non-Bolshevik revolutionaries were always blamed when anything went wrong. Unquote. Why on earth would statists not blame us when things go wrong for them? We will always be the perfect scapegoat. If we didn't exist, the state would have to create us. Thoughts on Constructing Anarchisms from Libertarian Labyrinth by Sean Wilbur. The first installment of this year-long effort to assist people in exploring their own personal visions slash thoughts on anarchy and anarchism, bolstered by one of our most careful historians and translators with occasional flashes of understated humor. One way I have heard my kind of anarchist thinking described is anarchy with bruises, so the following excerpt hits me in a good way. Quote, Expect contusions. It would be some combination of foolhardy and self-defeating to approach our task of constructing anarchisms with any other expectation. But forewarned is forearmed, and expecting to stumble from time to time, we don't have to treat it as a big deal. 
we are embarking on a voyage of exploration through the parts of anarchist history and theory that I have described as our lost continent, and ending with an experiment, unquote. Always end with experiments. Beyond the Dark Horizon, Volume 2, released from beyondthedarkhorizon.org, an Australian publication of, quote, green anarchist art, poetry, stories, and rants, unquote. You can, of course, read the entire thing yourself, as it is available for download, but what they chose to share with A News for this announcement is apparently an obituary of someone named Maddie, who worked on both volumes of the publication. There aren't any of the normal indicators of an obit, though, like a sentence that includes the phrase, Maddie died. Aside from that, or maybe in line with that, this appears to be a pro-worker, pro-individualist, green anarchist effort with Shades of Green Anarchy, the magazine, but more personal. Sweet, if you're into that sort of thing. Updates on anarchist partisans from December 6th from Anarchist Black Cross Belarus. Four anarchists are still being held in KGB detention. They don't seem to be being tortured for now. None have received letters from friends, only from parents, and even those were very delayed. There's information about the confusion of communication about, for example, whether and or who is confessing or collaborating. Pretty upbeat update for these four, fingers crossed. Graffiti in Solidarity with Anarchists on Trial in Italy from Act for Freedom Now. Site-specific graffiti demanding that anarchist prisoners be freed. Must be nice to do actions in places that have liberty in their street names for people who know enough about history to know that a president was killed by an anarchist. Privilege. Also, there are pictures. Uprising, counterinsurgency, and civil war from CrimeThink, land of the totalizing titles. This is a piece by Tom Nomad, who apparently gets his name credited counter-normal CrimeThink policy. Guess he's not official CrimeThink. Tom continues to pursue the themes in his book, which apply theory to street tactics as a way to make both better. This particular piece is heavier on the report back than on the theory, which makes sense for a CrimeThink audience. Quote, the truth is that the revolts of 2020 represent a direct response to the failures of former attempts at liberal capture. During the uprisings of 2014 and 2015, liberals were able to seize control and force the discussion back to the subject of police reform. Consent decrees were implemented across the country, so-called community policing, a euphemism for using the community to assist the police in attacking it, and promises of legislative reform effectively drove a wedge between militants and activists. These attempts delayed the inevitable explosions that we have witnessed since the murder of George Floyd, but they were stopgap measures bound to fail. The current revolt confirms that reformism has not addressed the problem of policing. The areas of the country that have seen the most violent clashes are almost all cities run by Democrats in which reform was tried and failed. In some ways, the narrative advanced by the Trump campaign that cities are in revolt due to Democratic administrations is true, but it is not as a consequence of their permissiveness, but rather of the failure of their attempt to co-opt the energy of revolt, unquote. Monica Caballero launches hunger strike from Enough is Enough, translated by noticiasanticarcelarias.org. This is an announcement of Monica's hunger strike and her telling of some of the history of resistance of the prison that currently holds her. There is no clear line drawn in the text about what the history of the prison has to do with her hunger strike, but there doesn't need to be. Just a little curious about choices made, is all. Reflection on the struggle in Dannenrod Forest from Enough is Enough. Why and how it's important to fight for Dannenrod Forest despite the eviction of resisting occupiers, and by extension, to fight for forests and other wild spaces elsewhere. Quote, 
It is about the possibilities of keeping going and the continuity and new formation of the movement. For the time being, the rulers have made the place their territory, with bulldozers, gravel, and fences. Yet this does not mean that they have reached their goal. The highway still has to be built. There is still forest around the route, and the countless amount of cops will not be able to stay forever. The construction machinery and infrastructure are still as expensive as they are destructible." Unquote. Noam Chomsky turns 92 today from leftist magazine Mother Jones, which seems entirely appropriate. The inclusion of this article is the collective trolling us all by maintaining the confusion about whether Noam counts as an anarchist at this point. Who trolls the trollers? Cuba! Solidarity for the San Isidro Movement from freedomnews.org.uk Hmm... Yet another story this week that doesn't, or barely, mentions anarchists or anarchy. What is up, the collective? Hmm. Anarchists go make some damn news so we don't have to post these barely relevant stories. Or, you know, maybe that's me. Anyway, the government in Cuba is also fucked up, just like every other government, and is treating protesters badly. Quote, Denis was arrested on November 9th, and again on November 11th. He was then tried and sentenced to eight months in prison for contempt, a crime incompatible with international human rights law. He is held in Valle Grande, a high-security prison on the outskirts of Havana. This arrest and subsequent sentence Sen triggered San Isidro members to go on hunger and thirst strike, demanding the release of Denis Soli. After a week of hunger and thirst strike, the Cuban police stormed the headquarters of the San Isidro movement with the aim of ending the protests. The police also expelled Luis Manuel Otero Alcantar and 14 other Cubans from the headquarters of the San Isidro movement in Havana for an alleged crime of disseminating the COVID-19 epidemic, according to Cuban state media, unquote. Opportunistic states, am I right? Open call for solidarity with anarchist Abtin Parsa from Federation of Anarchism, ERA, at azranarshism.com, a Middle Eastern anarchist site. There was a protest planned in Amsterdam for December 8th to support Parsa, who is detained for extradition to Greece. He's an atheist who escaped from Iran after being imprisoned there for a year and a half at the age of 16. Quote, the persecuted anarchist Abtin Parsa, even after his release from prison, came under pressure and control by the Islamic regime, then in 2016 escaped to Greece from Iran. The presence of the persecuted anarchist Abtin Parsa in Greece was accompanied by threats from the Islamic regime, which repeatedly threatened him with death from various organizations and individuals affiliated with the Iranian Islamic regime, unquote. This is a more thorough write-up of his case and circumstances than we've seen before on Anarchist News. There are a butt-ton of links to all kinds of Middle Eastern projects, but no clarity about what international folks can do to assist other than, you know, solidarity. Banners against prison in solidarity with anarchists on trial from Act for Freedom Now. Very short report on multiple banners dropped in Forli, Italy, for imprisoned anarchists and anarchists on trial. This is mostly pictures. Aldo Tambellini, 1930-2020, from leftist paper The Guardian. Tambellini was an artist, and this obituary is mostly about him being an artist. I have no information about this person, but the way the obit is written makes my hackles rise. Quote, the artist was white, but his interest in black culture and history came from his friendship with the poets Ishmael Reed and Calvin C. Herndon, unquote. Hmm, anyway. Quote, in 1959, he moved to New York City. There he co-founded Group Center, an alliance of writers, artists, and activists, including Ron Hane and Ben Morea, who later launched the situationist-inspired anarchist groups Black Mask and Up Against the Wall Motherfucker. His first work in the city was hulking semi-spherical sculptures made from iron, and covered in black tar, unquote. 
R.I.P. Health, yes, sir, from Act for Freedom Now. Best title of the month, in my estimation. Another anarchist analysis coming down on one side, if only by omission, on the freedom versus safety binary, which is, like all binaries, false. Quote, after militarizing our minds with months of propaganda, during which they bombarded us with slogans such as, we are at war against an invisible enemy. Now militarism is gaining ground in its most classic physical version. If it has been visibly present in the big cities for several years with the pretext of safe streets, it is now materializing in all the most remote corners of the peninsula, such as what is happening in Tarasano, province of Lecce, under the pretext of the high percentage of the population testing positive to COVID, with the very real prospect of deploying the army to prevent gatherings and control possible demonstrations in the streets. And if, as is the case of Torsano, they present themselves in a more reassuring guise, with white coats worn over brutal combat gear, this must not reassure us, but rather make us reflect on the role of science, medical but not only, and its increasingly close relation with militarism, war, and repression. With its role of government, in fact, government meaning control and the submission of the population, unquote. So, sure, of course, of course the governments are all using COVID, as they use every event, or make their own, to gain more control over our lives. I wish there were more nuance in these conversations. The state is trying still and again to control everything, and that doesn't mean that people aren't getting sick. The question is how to deal with both of those things! Excuse me for yelling. Arson of Van Claimed, from Athens Indie Media, translated by Act for Freedom Now, a communique. I would have been more excited if the van involved were Van Jones, but that's a long story, so never mind. International call for New Year's Eve noise demonstrations from NYC Anarchist Black Cross. Quote, This is a call for a night of strong solidarity with those imprisoned by the state. Historically, New Year's Eve is one of the noisiest nights of the year. This year, most of which has been consumed by a global pandemic, we encourage folks to take whatever measures are necessary to ensure individual and community well-being in response to both the virus and the state, understanding the balance each of us must strike for ourselves. Given our current reality, on New Year's Eve, gather your crew, collective, community, organization, or just yourself to raise a racket and remind those on the inside that they are not alone. Unquote. Noise demos, fun for all concerned. Also, Anon on Anus said you should burn the prisons down. Your mom says be careful. Audio and video, immediatism number 249, Cracks in a Gray Sky, an anthology of Do or Die, a periodical from the UK. 35 minutes from Mediatism podcast. Do or Die, quote, was 10 issues of a very influential paper out of the UK. It brought together a wide variety of voices and perspectives from around the world, but was especially meaningful for those who were fighting the monolith in urban spaces, sometimes in their own backyards, versus in the US, where much of the inspiration and activity came from places that could still be called wild, unquote. Here, the introduction's author reflects on the ways various political currents coalesced around the paper, its place in the history of grain actions and thought, as well as its connections to the idea of counterculture. Check it out on littleblackheart.com. Ripple steps from NYC on the current political situation in the USA. 35 minutes from A Radio Berlin. Here we have the first installment of two interviews between A Radio Berlin and American anarchist podcast concerning the current political events in America. This episode with Liz, host of Rebel Steps, almost entirely focuses on the election and Trump, with a little bit of info on rent strikes at the end. It seems strange that a European anarchist podcast would bring on American anarchists just to talk about mainstream politics and not 
anarchism, but I guess the spectacle does shine brighter in some countries rather than others. The current political situation in the USA. Wait, this is the same thing. They are... <clears throat> Dear one is God. With, yeah. <laughs> and now we have the current political situation in the USA, an hour and 28 minutes from Ah Radio Berlin. This is part two of Ah Radio's investigation into America's mainstream political situation, this time with Bursts and William of the Final Straw Radio. The breadth of this episode is a bit larger, if not really much deeper, covering topics like Boogala Boys, whether Trump attempted a coup, QAnon, etc. On that last point, Bursts does an interesting bit of framing, relating QAnon to American evangelicalism and settler colonialism, but mostly it's some standard American geopolitical fare. Building, power, resisting, recuperation, an hour and five minutes from it's going down, so RSVP because you're invited! This is an interview with Dean Spade, who, according to their website, has, quote, been working to build queer and trans liberation, liberation, based in racial and economic justice for the past two decades. He works as an associate professor at Seattle University School of Law, unquote, and wrote a recent book titled Mutual Aid, Building Solidarity During This Crisis and the Next, put out by Verso. Hmm. I hunted around Spade's website and couldn't actually find any place where they call themselves an anarchist. But IGD's write-up calls them one, and they mention having, quote, anarchist politics, unquote, so, yeah. That being said, this episode is pretty much what you'd expect. Anarchism is mutual aid, beautiful mutual aid is being done by beautiful people in the face of the pandemic, and we need to stop mutual aid from being recuperated by the state by doing, uh, something, but they didn't really mention how, but I guess it involves dual power? The one bright, almost in spite of itself, self-reflective moment came during a discussion on how people are brought into radical politics. In Dean's summation, people join mutual aid projects because they're looking to have needs met, whether those be survival or a want to help others, and radicals could be doing a better job of meeting those needs. I definitely wouldn't put this in the frame of mutual aid, but a discussion about what needs are met by our anarchism and what needs are not is one I want to have. Abolish Work on Immediatism podcast, 14, 15, 21, 23, 17, and 24 minutes, respectively, from immediatism.com. Abolish Work is, quote, a collection of articles ranging from the practical to the theoretical to the poetic on doing without work. These pieces postulate scenarios of this society without work, including the use of robots to do what humans are currently needed for, describe the desirability of no work for each of us individually, explore how work is a bad thing, both personally and culturally, and offer suggestions on how to do less of it while holding down a job, as well as how to keep an appropriate relationship to it when necessary, unquote. I listened to two selections of these offerings, the foreword by David S. Diamatau and Anti-Work, A Radical Shift in How We View Jobs. These didn't get into the scenarios of a post-work world, but did cover the usual anarchist line of work being a redirecting of one's life toward alienated ends. Check it out. Non-Serbian podcast number 24, Peter Gelderluz. An hour and 25 minutes from Non-Serbian podcast. So this is weird, but Non-Serbian, a left market anarchist podcast, is quickly becoming my not most hated anarchist podcast. A mix of not too much cringe usually, added to a pretty thoughtful host and often good guests, will that serve as one not totally terrible cake. Anyway, this is indeed an interview with Peter Gelderluz. 
in which he gets to talk about some ideas that aren't in a book he wrote more than 10 years ago. Of particular interest to me are Peter's refutation of class and strongman theories of state formation, as well as the idea that because there is no one way that a state forms, having a singular theory for abolishing each and every state makes you, like, uh, pretty dumb. Nice to see when an interviewer gives an interviewee enough space to really talk about ideas, rather than just throwing the same old, tired questions at them. I'm tired, sick, and tired of love. I've had my fill of love from below and above. Tired, tired of being admired. Tired of love uninspired. So this is a conversation about um, thoughts on constructing anarchisms, which is Sean Wilber's new year-long workshop, um, which involves a series of readings and then uh, questions that he presents to people to think about. And then there's going to be feedback. There's feedback in some way that I haven't figured out yet, but whatever. But we're going to talk this week about um, the first, the first piece of this, which again is thoughts on constructing anarchisms. Um, with the questions, what is anarchy, what is anarchism? So I thought we could, if we have thoughts about that, we could say what those are to begin the conversation. Yeah, I, I guess it was hard for me to separate that from the whole project. So I have little ideas of what I think like my constructed anarchism would be. Um, but I don't know that I did a good difference between the anarchism and anarchy. Yeah, I only answered one of them. Although I guess I could kind of answer both of them. But to me, the significance of trying to do this, like, yes, it is in, like the construction of what you think about these two things is absolutely what the whole point of the workshop is. But it is also helpful when you're starting a process like this, I think, to say what you think now, because then you can see how it changes. Then you can see how it changes. Or then you can, you know, you're like putting a stick in the sand and seeing what happens. And, and especially because this whole first part is so much about um, changing and about being open to being changed to being to changing and about having humility and about being in the margins and about not taking everything too seriously because it's going to shift and move around, which I think ideally everybody would be coming at anarchy all the time, which I think is also his premise, but whatever, that's not necessarily relevant at the moment. Like, like, yeah, like, so, so take a stand, make a commitment mm. and know that tomorrow you're going to, you know, feel something different, maybe, mm. or maybe not. There's one line that he says that I think speaks to that talking about if the particular materials with which we will be engaging, don't throw you a curve on a fairly regular exactly, basis. Yeah. Maybe you should consider with what degree of openness you are confronting them. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as, yeah, so whatever, I'll just read my things and then I guess you can read your things and then we'll talk about our things. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I want my things involved in this conversation, but anyway, go on. Oh, I was just, so just in terms of my anarchism, it just is like an anarchism of thought and feeling of creativity and imagination that is neither constrained by this world nor utopian, that is relational, that is based on collective storytelling and creation that acknowledges human frailty without making excuses for it. Those kind of things are like the basis, I guess, that I'm drawing at the beginning here and then hoping to flesh them out as the year goes on. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think a big part of it for me is talking about the like humility of being an anarchist in, in this world and knowing that you're not going to necessarily be able to enact the changes you want on the world. And maybe that's a good thing in some cases. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, yeah. My, I just define anarchy, I think, although I'm not totally clear on how that, what I actually think about that breakdown. Um, and it is that to respect my own agency and the agency of other people. Hmm. Um, obviously that is insanely simple and it's what I think is a lot more complicated or something than that, but there's a simplicity to that that appeals to me in the moment, so I'm just going to go with that. Um, and then I guess I would say that anarchism maybe is acting that out, like how what that actually looks like in practice or something, mm. um, and it would be more or less coherent or consistent based on external factors. So that's one thing. Um Note, my first note was definitely about that idea that he is so contingent and humble or whatever in this in this section and um, that that it's like the opposite of polemic writing, polemical writing. It's the opposite of communique. It's actually communique was the thing that I was positing and mm. against like communiques are overblown and they're flowery and they're, you know, passionate and they're decisive and they're propaganda propaganda but it's not just propaganda i mean everything can be propaganda i think but yeah well that's a different conversation maybe but anyway and he is like just careful and and understated and still funny like he's definitely funny mm. the thing he said about proudhon was amusing not known for being anyway um I do like the, I don't know, how, I have no idea how you pronounce it, but the Guy Mont, the French scare quotes, the fact that he is like talking about being aware that when you're offering something to other people, you're probably making an assumption and being like, not only conscious of that for yourself, but making other people aware of it. And yeah. so I think like, just because people are so often talking past each other with a lot of terms that anarchists use, thinking they mean the same thing, but not really. So like, I don't know. The whole thing is just a big invitation, it seems like, to actually be self-reflective, so. Yeah, and how hugely, like, to me, it seems such an incredible offering at the moment, like in this era when people are, it's so scary to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so important that everybody, you have to be right, not only now, but every moment in your history, you have to be right because people will go back and fucking find any little fucking thing. Mm. And, and that's antithetical to the entire premise of anarchy, which is like we anarchists by definition are doing something that's so different from the rest of the culture, what it, it tells us to do. We have to be constantly experimenting. And how can you experiment if you're terrified of ever being wrong about anything? Mm. So contusions, contusions, exactly. And yeah, that, yeah. So I, I just, I find I'm so appreciative that he's doing this work mm. and I'm really hoping that he gets positive mm. reinforcement for it. There's there's one line where he's talking about we are arguably better at walking away from problematic aspects of our shared heritage than we are at embracing the new problems it might pose, which I think speaks to that. I mean, he specifically talks about like what if Bakunin? I don't know if this is an actual thing people have said, but it was like what if Bakunin was an agent of the czar? Does that like mean we just stop talking about him or something? Which doesn't exactly work as an example for me, but I mean, 
Yeah. There is definitely a weird Puritan thing that happens in the anarchist scene where if someone is a bad person, they have bad ideas automatically or something like that. Yeah, and he is a scholar of Proudhon. Sean Wolfe right. is like, you know, of course, he always gets this, Proudhon is a sexist asshole. Or any historian is going to hear all of this, you know, these little tidbits about how the people that they're studying were assholes in various ways, as if we're not all fucking assholes in ways. And, like, does that mean that everything that we say is meaningless, mm. you know, or unhelpful or irrelevant to the larger project or something? Like, yeah. Or secretly toxic or something. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, it's like able poison. Secretly toxic is super. Yeah. I mean, that is the question. It's like, how much can something be poisoned? by some by its source some, something i don't know not not that um to me i mean it's like you are at a certain point you're completely relying on the source to have ideas rather than for yourself to interpret ideas or something like that like there's always you're not having a one-to-one -one conversation with something that you're reading or even necessarily someone you're talking to. There's a layer of interpretation. So if you're just entirely relying on like who the person is to do that work for you or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that seems not a super... Antithetical yeah. to the process, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and definitely one of the things that I've been saying for a long time now is that anarchy doesn't, as a label, it doesn't, anarchist anyway, doesn't mean very much because such a huge swath of variety of people say that they're anarchists now, which of course happens every time something becomes popular, um, that it, that it's on some level, it's meaningless. Mm. Um, and that that's not a bad thing because it means that every time you think you're talking to somebody, you actually do have to be like the meaninglessness of labels or of a label is great. Mm. Like labels suck on some level. So, not being able to take for granted that just because you talk to somebody who's an anarchist that means that anything about you know that doesn't mean they're against capitalism it doesn't mean they're against racism it doesn't you know like yeah like that's good mm. because you can't take things for granted you have to keep working it out and of course it's also super frustrating and stupid but it's not a secret code anymore if it ever was for like we actually agree yeah it's what categories and identities are which is generalizations yeah and so you actually have to do the work of you know relating and talking to people to and find things out subjective mm -hmm. and yeah having the conversation actually doing the work yeah Ooh, doing the work doing the work i know i'm a workerist you work. only do the good work though oh. Oh, <laughs> it touches on me. egoism a little bit and or individualism maybe and brings up armand and i think something if i take anything from uh, individualism or egoism and something that I was really relatable to me in this is he like is talking about making things your own and thinking about oh well Proudhon was a fucked up patriarch it's like we don't need to just be adherents of this guy or the, taking this idea as a whole package I can make it my own yeah which is again one of the things that's I like I feel like it's easier to do with anarchy than it would be for instance instance to do with communism or something where there are people who actually you know marx is the expert on communism right. and so you you end up following a person as much as you are following you know like there is an expert and, yeah and you have to abide by his words obviously anti-state commies are going to disagree with me but whatever yeah i mean that is one of the questions that he brings up in terms of constructing your own anarchy is like how is it uh, mutually exclusive with other terms and how is it not maybe mm -hmm. um 
which I don't have a good answer for. I mean, like anti-state communism seems to usually be a disagreement about what happens after or something like that, but maybe I just haven't talked with enough of them. Um, but also anyway, back to the egoist thing, there is one thing that he brings up of like, can you construct an anarchism on your own or is it right? Or sharing, the sharing, the sharing is part of the question. Mm. So you both, so he's both encouraging all of us, everybody who's participating in this process to come up with our own, but that we can't, it, it being our own doesn't mean that we're not interested also in sharing it with other people and that that's this tension. Mm. Right, that's what I got mm -hmm. anyway. So, so that it is both something that you own for yourself um, and also something that you want to make intelligible to other people, at least other people who you want to make it intelligible to, which doesn't have to be everybody, obviously. Mm. Oh, God, he says something about search for clarity, and now I can't remember what the context of it was. Do you remember? Our search is for clarity so that we can take up whatever practical projects anarchism suggests to us more effectively. But the material for our experiments is overwhelming and, in its way, anarchic. So one of the ways that we'll achieve clarity is likely to be in our preparation for each new encounter and experiment. What what about the clarity part? But well, regardless of what think, he actually said, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's going back to what I was just saying. I got out of the tension between an individual's anarchy, which can be can mean anything, mm. um, and 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 talking about it or expressing it or sharing it with other people, which gets complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the whole project or something is how do you frame your version of anarchy and then how do you frame your life and how do other people come into that or not which generally tends to i seem to fuck up what's what seem like solid ideas when you actually have to interact with other people mm -hmm. and so like being explicitly in relation with people doing more or less the exact same thing as you seems like a pretty interesting pot to stir i don't know where that metaphor just came from but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah another thing that he said that i thought that really hit me well was the uh the scope of application that anarchy doesn't answer every question mm -hmm. um because i know that i have had like i continue to have a just an argument or whatever disagreements with people about doing things like social work or mm -hmm. being a teacher and like having that where anarchists are doing are interested in finding ways that they can do good work as anarchists in in a society and still get sort of some kind of recompense for it, mm -hmm. whether it's a job or, you know, whatever, feeling good. And, and my tendency in those situations is to say that can be a good thing to do. That's a question. That's a different question, but it's not anarchist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so, yeah, I believe that not all the good things you can do in the world are anarchist things and that, yeah. And so to take that away from like anarchy doesn't mean good. Um, and, and how does that, and that tends to mix people up, which is funny to me. And I will keep doing that, obviously. Things are funny or important. Yeah, I mean, the idea that not everything you do is anarchy, but you can still do things anarchistically, like, I don't know, this weird schizophrenia that happens where you want your life to be... Consistent. Yeah, consistent, yeah. but you don't live in a consistent world or something. So does that mean you just give up entirely and you just do good things or something like that? Or, I don't know, it's also, I think, a question of what needs does anarchy or anarchism fulfill for people? Mm -hmm. And if it's just to feel good by helping others, I'm not sure that that's necessarily, like, what, 
why anarchy would work better for you than anything else? You know this is an audio format, right? They can't I know, see your I'm face. making a big grimace, <laughs> so everybody who can't see me, you're really missing out. Um, yes, and that gets to the anarchist tension quote that he does from Bonanno. The anarchist is someone who really puts themselves in doubt as such, as a person, and asks themselves, what is my life according to what I do and in relation to what I think? What connection do I manage to make each day in everything I do? A way of being an anarchist continually and not come to agreements, make little daily compromises, etc. Anarchism is not a concept that can be locked up in a word like a gravestone. It is not a political theory. It is a way of conceiving life. Yeah, it is not something final. It is a stake we must play day after day. This week's podcast was sound edited by Greg. The What's New was written and read by Chisel and Greg. And there is a new segment called You Mad Bro? For reasons that only the most in-group understand. And we hope that this podcast is useful to and fun for anarchists and the anarcho-curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast at anarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see you at your favorite non-sectarian anarchist site with commentary, anarchistnews.org. To learn more anarchist and anti-political books, pamphlets, and and other material are available at littleblackcart.com. For news by and or about anarchists and up-to-the-minute commentary, see you at anarchistnews.org and or the Anarchist News IRC chatroom linked on A News and or... The Pleroma at Antisocial with Dots. That. What she said. What I said. It's always what I said. I'm coming